According to John. Oh Lord. So the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael says to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answers, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Well, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So many years ago, I had a funeral of a young man who died suddenly from a tragic accident. We were all devastated. It was difficult to find out a time for the funeral, though, as we gathered for, with the family. It was actually right around this time of year. The family met with me to discuss the arrangements and there was talk about having the service on a Sunday. They had asked to have the service on this Sunday even though, and it would have been like this Sunday if it was this year, even though Monday seemed to be the better day because it would have been Martin Luther King Jr.'s day. And it was that holiday, and that seemed to work for everybody. So I inquired, why Sunday? I let them know I'd never had a funeral on a Sunday, and I wasn't really interested in starting that day. They said that Monday would, would be okay, since it was this holiday, uh, Martin Luther King holiday, and that people would be able to be off work and be able to attend the funeral. Along with the family, there was a friend of the deceased who also met with the family and me at that time when we were making preparations. I had never met him before, and he kept insisting on Sunday. No, we need to have it on Sunday for the funeral. Then he asked me, can we just go over and go into another room and just talk, you and me? As awkward as that was, I said, okay. And then he proceeded to tell me, the family doesn't want it on Monday. 
and aren't telling you any more boldly. I'm the one trying to speak up for them because they're afraid of you. I thought, afraid of me? Now I've known this family for many years. They've attended worship. There is no way they could be afraid of me. And in addition, I'm not that intimidating of a person. Well, he and I were away talking. I think the family must have also been talking amongst themselves. And when we came back, they said, we agree we'll have it on Monday. That is a good time for the funeral of their son and brother. After the friend left, as well as other family members, there was one member that stayed a little longer with me. We visited and I asked again, are you sure that Monday's okay for the funeral? Because your friend seemed to insist that there's, that that, that, that is not really the day you guys wanted. And the family member told me, it actually makes it a lot easier to have it on Monday. I gave a funny look, I'm like, but the friend, I kept insisting. The family member said, that friend is an extreme racist. He doesn't want his friend to have his funeral on Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday. Insisting, she goes, we don't hold the same view as he has. Unfortunately, racism, sexism, prejudice against people who are different than us is still active in this country. It was only a few years ago when we had to watch the cheering mob celebrating Confederate flags, Nazi pride t-shirts, a noose, and other symbols of hate brandished by a cheering mob. And even more disconcerting to me was seeing a bright yellow sign with the words Jesus saves held up in the mob of people. The hate and violence by those of which some appeared to claim Christianity as their faith was completely contrary to everything I believe Jesus Christ stands for. As I read the gospel text over and over again preparing for this sermon, the word prejudice kept ringing in my head, not because it is in the text, but because of something Nathaniel said to Philip, who was filled, Philip was filled with such excitement about Jesus, not because Jesus was teaching hate and anger and towards and how we need to dominate and take over those Romans and destroy them, but because Philip saw in Jesus the truth of peace and love and kindness and wanted Nathaniel to know it as well. And then Nathaniel says to Philip, oh, can anything good come out of that piece of junk of a town? I'm in elaborating a little more uh, of Nazareth. The soon-to-be disciple of Jesus asks a question born out of that very tribalism, out of that prejudice that continues to haunt us today. Nazareth, where Jesus was from, was located in Galilee, a hick town in the Roman-occupied backwaters of Judea. Judea was characterized by its Roman occupiers already as a dump, and then Nazareth was even worse. 
you could say, the hotbed of, of terrorism, of, of, of um, bent of, on overthrowing the established order. Nothing, you could say, come, nothing but trouble comes from Nazareth. Nothing. And nobody from Nazareth could be trusted. The last thing in Jerusalem that Jerusalem needs is a bunch of Nazareans coming to town to stir up a whole lot of trouble. I think of the racism of that man who wanted nothing to do with the commemoration of Martin Luther King Jr. and didn't want his friend associated with that day. The last thing he wanted was to associate his friend with those people. The hatred that Jesus had to deal with and still deals with today is real and needs addressing. But as Dr. King insists, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And while it is so easy to hate the spewers of racist venom, they are still our brothers and sisters. And, I'm, and, and again, on Wednesday the 24th, I hope everybody can make that because that will also address and talk about some of these issues. And then this is what's so amazing about the response Philip gives. He doesn't argue with Nathaniel. He doesn't say, what do you mean, Nazareth? Nazareth has good things about it. He doesn't argue. He doesn't say, how, ra how, how prejudiced, how racist you are, come on. He simply says, just come and see. Come and see. Such easy, warm, and hospitable words. The heart, not only of John's gospel, but of Christian evangelism. We are not called to cram our faith down another's throat or question their eternal destiny or threaten them with hellfire, but instead simply to offer an invitation. Come and see. Come and see what God is still doing in and through Jesus and the community of disciples who have chosen to follow Jesus. Come and see. And finally, notice Jesus' response. He is so gracious and kind to Nathaniel, not bad-mouthing where he is from. Oh, you're gonna talk about Nazareth, what about Bethsaida? He doesn't say that. Um, doesn't address his prejudiced way, but instead Jesus' vision is great for, Naz for Nathaniel, as he says, here, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Here is a great guy, look at him. Nathaniel may be skeptical about Jesus, but Jesus has this huge, amazing vision when it comes to seeing Nathaniel's potential. When they meet, as I said, Jesus doesn't engage in an exchange of abusive remarks, but he does put the best construction on Nathaniel's outlook. Jesus gives us a model of how we are to treat others even if we may feel like giving them a lecture on good behavior and how to treat others as you would want to be treated. But Jesus gives us this model of treating others with honor, with respect. 
the words in some ways that we end the worship service with lately, that remind us of the model that Jesus gives of how to live and how to treat others. And so I will end with those words. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people and serve God. Honor all people. Love and serve God. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we are sent out with the words, go in peace, serve the Lord, and your response, thanks be to God. Amen.